Hi friends, hi pals, how's it going? Um, welcome back to Babel, this is Amelia. Lucy is currently packing to flee the country. Um, just kidding, she, actually not really, she's packing to study abroad in Ireland. So I am doing this by myself today and I'm a little nervous because the last time I did one by myself, I had Caroline come on with me, so it wasn't really by myself. Um, we're just gonna, we're gonna do the best, best we can. Um, so thank you for sticking with me. Um, my voice is back for the most part, which is good, because that was pretty rough. Um, thank you to everyone who listened last week. That episode did pretty well. Um, it was also listening back to it absolutely ridiculous, and that was my heinous idea. So thank you to everyone who listened. I hope you weren't completely annoyed. Um, so yeah, that was fun. I do have a topic prepared for today, but I thought I would just blab for a little, babble for a little, if you will, um, just about the last few weeks, the holiday season, how things have been going, um, maybe just some like recent media and stuff I've been watching or reading or doing um so yeah let's just we'll just do a little catch up also I'm trying to decide because for the last episode if you listened all the way through um thank you you're a loyal person but for the last episode for some parts of it I put like jazzy background music and I'm trying to decide if I should do that on this one just because I don't know if like it being just my voice is gonna make it more boring and also, we all know our Gen Z brains, like, need to have multiple things going on at a time. Like, maybe I should insert, like, a Subway Surfers video or something. I don't know. But if there's music in the background of this, good job, future Amelia. Um, okay, I already hate this. But basically, I'm back in Maine now. The last couple weeks have been crazy but very wonderful. Um, lots of time with friends and family and loved ones. I hope everyone had a wonderful holiday season. It went by so fast for me and now we're in that depressing like lull in between Christmas and New Year's. Um, yeah, haven't been doing much but I was with Lucy, as everyone knows. I went to Nashville a couple weeks ago, and that was just so wonderful. It was so great to visit and to see her. Um, we never want to film when we're together, but we did get that one out. Um, but yeah, it was really wonderful. A lot of media time. <laughs> we both just had a lot of things we wanted to watch together, which was really fun. We went to Saltburn, as you know. We went to Portland Brew a lot. We went to Grimey's a lot um we hiked Radnor Lake which was fun I haven't done that in a while we passed by my old house which was sad but that's okay um if you don't know I lived in Nashville for like 13 years um 15 years actually um and then my family moved and I moved um so I really only go back to visit Lucy and the last time was last January so it's been about a year um which is crazy but every time I go it feels like nothing has changed which is quite insane but it was a fun trip um I love a good plane ride so that was fun I haven't done that in a while I think I just really needed to go back and be where I grew up for a little while and see my friend and have a good time so I did that and it was lovely and fun and amazing um so yeah, that was great but then I flew back to Maine had one day um before I had to drive home and for me, home is all over the place because my father lives in Pennsylvania and my mother and sister and grandfather and those people live in Delaware. And those two places are about two hours from each other, but eight hours from me. So I drove eight hours to my dad's, spent a couple days with my dad and my sister and his family. We did our Christmas early, divorced parents stuff. I am a child of divorce. And then me and my sister hopped in the car and we drove to my mom's and we were there for a few days. We did Christmas Eve, Christmas Day there, which was lovely. Um, got a lot of yoga stuff. Got, I got a Fiona Apple record, which is amazing. 
I got some new posters and things for my wall. Oh, this is funny. So I like to make smoothies, but I, I don't have a blender. One of my roommates over the summer did though, and I use that all the time. It's the Magic Bullet Blender, and I loved it. So I put one on my wish list, and I got one. Um, turns out all of my roommates also got one, so we had four Magic Bullets. And then yesterday, um, my boyfriend's mom got me a gift, which is so sweet, but it was indeed another Magic Bullet. So we just have an army of blenders, which is really funny, I think. Um, it's just very silly. But anyway, yeah, a good, you know, good Christmas. Um, very fun. What else happened? Nashville was like my big, like I, I'm, I'm at the point, I feel like a lot of us are, where like I would rather for Christmas, inst instead of getting like stuff, I would rather get like things to do, if that makes sense. Um, so like my trip to Nashville, part of that was my Christmas present. Um, I like my boyfriend got so sweet, got us gift cards to like go to a bunch of date thingies, which like, I love that. I prefer that over stuff all the time. Um, when people like take the time to think out things that I can do and enjoy. And I just love that. So this was a really great Christmas. Just, I had a great time being with my family. Um, oh, okay. Let me get into this. Just... Okay, wait, how do I want to do this? Okay, anyway, Christmas, and then the day after Christmas, I drove back up to Maine. I'm back in Maine, just kind of hanging out, nannying, vibing, a lot of cleaning, a lot of organizing. I just ran, like, a ton of errands. Um, am I trying to cook tonight? I don't know. I don't know where this energy is coming from, but I'm feeling very adult. Um, also, my roommate moved out, so, like, I have my room to myself, and my other roommates have been working in and out, so I feel like I'm living alone, and for some reason, that gives me more motivation to, like, actually do things, so anyway, um, but yeah, so I'm back here, um, but going back a little bit, when I had COVID a few weeks ago, my mother has been obsessed with the series Outlander. If you don't know what it is, it's basically... This book series, there's nine of them right now, and there's going to be a tenth, and then they're done. But each book is like a thousand pages long. Like, they are thick books. Um, and there's a TV show, too. But my mom has been obsessed with it, like, since the beginning of this year. She's read the full series at least two or three times at this point, and has watched the TV show so many times. But, like, it has taken over her life. You know, you've heard Lucy talk about her obsessions. Lucy, this is not me. To, I, I do the same thing. But you hear that, like, picture my mom being so obsessed with something like that it's like it's kind of funny but basically it's about this woman who like time travels back to 1700 Scotland um very interesting premise um but my mom has been begging me to read it forever and I finally read the first book we actually had a bet to see how fast I could do it and I did win the bet I read it in about two days um I read the first book and it was really good. Um, I actually really liked it. I am going to read the second one um, and see where we go from there. But I did really enjoy it. I do recommend it if you're into that. Because I'm the kind of person, like, I used to be really into fantasy. And for some reason now, like, it's really hard for me to do stuff like that. Um, I don't know why. It just... it. I think the world building makes it difficult to get into sometimes and this one was a little tricky to get through but then it was like such a fast read I just couldn't put it down um it is really good and it's not like super magical so you know like it's not like I mean obviously the time traveling is not realistic but that's the only thing that's not realistic so that I liked and it actually creates a really good story so check that out if you want the show is also very good I think the first few seasons are on Netflix so that could be fun. But yeah, we watched a lot of that when I was home, which was really nice. Um, oh, oh, and I watched Love Actually for the first time. Those of you who know me really well know that I am at my core and have always been such a hopeless romantic, like, like a criminal hopeless romantic. It's bad. It's bad. Um, I love a love story. I love, I, oh, so good, okay? Um, so the fact that I haven't seen Love Actually until now is kind of crazy. Um, 
but it was so good i am like i think i'm gonna watch it again tonight i really loved it i think it was wonderful it's so sweet it's basically all these different stories about different kinds of relationships and love there's like a father-son there's you know a whole bunch of romantic relationships there's best friends there's a uh, sister brother like there's a whole bunch of stuff um but all the all the different stories are connected in some way um i'm getting a call from syracuse new york i'm gonna ignore that um but yeah they're all connected in some way and it's just really really sweet i will say i hate alan rickman in this movie and that's probably the reason i didn't watch it for so long because i did not want to hate him and everyone told me i was gonna hate him and i do but it's okay it was a good movie um i'm probably gonna watch it again or I'm going to watch When Harry Met Sally, which is another one of my favorite movies, which I've been begging Lucy to watch for so long, um, and she will not. But that's fine, I guess. Anyway, if you don't know what that one's about, it's basically about, like, this man and woman who become friends over, like, a lot of years, um, and then eventually fall in love, and it's super sweet. And I consider it, like, a New Year's movie, because it ends, like, the big scene is, like, New Year's Day or new year's eve and yeah that one's just really sweet too so you should check that out um what else what else do i got um music right now let's see ethel kane you guys strangers by ethel kane is like one of the best songs i've ever heard i swear it's so good uh, please go listen to it we talk about the whole album on here um i've been a little bit of a noah khan girly lately i just love him i've also been listening to mount joy a lot um really like them kind of like folksy midwest kind of sound a little bit like Houndmouth. i don't know if you guys know them at all but those are good vibes i'm a fan big thief of course um yeah i think that's really what i got right now fiona apple as well love her all the same podcasts i always listen to oh caroline polachek incredible if i'm gonna listen to pop music it's gonna be her or muna i just like everyone hates on pop music and i mean i've definitely been there of like it's too poppy it's gross whatever but it can be done well and caroline polachek does it so well so well so go check her out okay i've been blabbing for a moment um i'm trying to think of what else i can say before we get into it but i think maybe we should just get into it um so today i am gonna talk to you about something that i've definitely mentioned on this podcast before um I did also write a whole paper on this this semester. Got a 90 on it. Pretty proud of that. Um, and this is... All right. So, I am a feminist, right? I am a feminist at my at my heart, my soul. It's my job. But one of my favorite people ever is a millennial white man. And his name is John Green. And the assignment I had in my class that I wrote the paper for was called an encomium which is essentially a piece of rhetoric if you don't know what rhetoric is look it up it's like a old English way of writing um that essentially praises and argues for one thing and like why it is so wonderful and deserves attention it's some sort of argument um and I very randomly chose to write about John Green um some of the reasoning behind that is because the time I was asked to write this paper was very shortly after we had the shooting in Maine um and I was just having a really really tough time um I did not know what I wanted to write about usually when given opportunities to write about anything I pick something within you know my activism the things I do because writing persuasive essays and things like that it's useful it helps me wrap my head around something and kind of process events or a topic and 
the shooting was all that was on my mind but I really did not want to write about that because I was in such a place of like just true despair I was losing hope it was so it was it happened this was very quickly after it happened um and for some reason I started thinking about John Green and his newest book by new I mean it came out in 2020 um it's called the Anthropocene Reviewed and that book filled me with so much hope the first time I read it a few years ago and I just couldn't get it out of my head I went and bought another copy of the book I have one back home but I didn't want to wait for the mail I didn't want a library book I just went and got one um and then I sat down and I wrote a paper about why I love John Green and why I think he's one of the best literary authors of our time so if this is a boring episode I'm sorry but I am going to talk about who he is what he's written and done um, I'm going to share a lot of quotes and things because I just like when people ask me who my favorite author is I say him I say John Green I will answer with John Green all the time and as someone who has read Bell Hooks Audrey Lord like Mary Oliver like all these wonderful women authors that I love like people are so shocked when I say a young adult male author is my favorite um but he really is and I know I don't know we're gonna we're gonna talk about it let's get into it um so I'm gonna reference my paper a little bit just because I put a lot of facts in here so John Green you guys most likely know him from The Fault in Our Stars. He did write that. Um, that was a big one in 2012-2013. Um, I definitely had a phase. Me and all my friends were obsessed with that. It was the first like teen book I was really allowed to read. And I watched the movie and I was obsessed and I had a Pinterest board and like I, w- I was that. I was that kid, okay? I was. I'll admit it. Um, but he's a New York times best-selling author um he has written lots of books hold on I think I listed them all but we're gonna check and I think I've read them all as well I've read every single thing this man has written oh I don't have internet what do you mean I don't have internet okay well I was hooked up to the printer Please hold. Okay, I'm back. I have internet. Um, okay, so John Green has written, and I'm going to try to say this in order um, based on what I'm looking at. He has written, Looking for Alaska was his first book in 2005. A lot of people know that one as well. Um, that is about a boy that goes off to boarding school, um, in Alabama, I believe. Um, and he meets a girl named Alaska and it's a coming of age story about really just about growing up and figuring out who you are and figuring out the purpose of your life. (laughs) It's slightly existential at times. Um, it's really wonderful. It's also devastating. Um, but it's really good. It's been a long time since I read that one. Um, but no one knows about this either. They did put out a limited series on Hulu. And it is incredible. Um, go check that out. It is really good. It's like seven or eight episodes. Um, but read the book first, please. Because it's so He's so good. It's so good. He's truly just wonderful author. And that's based on... Um, his time in boarding school as a young boy as well um so that's a classic that's often regarded as his best one um but it's also his first one his next book is called an abundance of catherine's that came out in 2006 and this is about this one i've only read once and it was a really long time ago but it's about a guy who dates a lot of girls named catherine (laughs) like he's just dated a lot of catherine's and i think like him and his best friend go on a road trip or something I don't I don't totally remember I remember being maybe the funniest one John Green's very funny I think like wonderfully funny um 
and I remember that one took me out multiple times I should read that again it's been a long time but anyway that one's pretty good not a lot of people know that one though um the next one is Paper Towns which came out in 2008 a lot of people know this one as well it is a movie uh starring Cara Delphine is that how you say it I don't know you know who I'm talking about um but basically it's about this guy like mysterious girl next door and he kind of like chases she disappears and he like tries to track her down um I read that one a long time either right after that he released let it snow which is three holiday short stories all in one book um and he wrote one of them the other two were written by Maureen Johnson, who's an author I also really like, and Lauren Miracle. Um, I did read that one. I don't really remember much of it. I know it's a Netflix movie, um, but I love to. I just I will read anything this man writes. Okay, like I'm I'm not even kidding. Um, the next one is Will Grayson. Will Grayson, which was also he co-wrote this with David Leffethan, who wrote. Um, ooh. Was it called Every... Mm, I'm looking it up. I know it's a book that I tried to write. It's the one where they... Every day. And it's the one where... There's like this one person who dies. No, this one person who keeps waking up in other people's bodies. That's what it is. Um, anyway, he wrote, D- David wrote that on his own, but Will Grayson, Will Grayson was written by John Green and David together. Um, that was pretty good. About two guys named Will Grayson. Rest is history. Gay best friend element. That's really funny. Anyway, that one's pretty good. Then he put out The Fault in Our Stars in 2012. That blew up. That kind of, that put him on the map, if you will. Um, it's about two cancer kids who fall in love. I'm going to leave it at that. It is so sad, but so good. It really is wonderful. Um, I will say it. Even though it's very 2012 young adult romance, it is lovely. Um, and then the last. So he wrote that in 2012. Then there was a very big pause. He didn't release anything for five years. Probably because he was working on all his movies and stuff. And then in 2017, this is this is really what we're going to talk about. All the other books I just mentioned, I may not talk about them again. Because I want to talk about his 2017 book, Turtles All the Way Down. And then three years after that, in 2020, he released The Anthropocene Reviewed, which I already mentioned. Um, anyway, so those are his books. Next, let's talk, let's talk a little bit more background. He's... I feel like I'm giving like a school presentation, but just hear me out, okay? I love this man. I really do. Um, his brother, if the last name Green sounds familiar, his brother is Hank Green, who's very big on TikTok right now. Um, and you all probably know John Green mostly from the Crash Course YouTube series, which we all watched in middle school, high school super helpful people used to complain all like some a teacher would put it on and people would start groaning and moaning bitching and complaining because he talks too fast they couldn't pay attention and I was just so excited to listen to John Green okay like please I love him he's funny he's funny okay um so Crash Course days were the best but John Green did the history ones and Hank did the science ones um, they also have, like, an online community called Vlog Brothers. They have a YouTube channel there, too. Um, and I've talked about this on here before, but John and Hank, like, I really love their... Just them as individual people. And then also how they interact with each other and how, like, they're just very different people. Obviously, Hank is very, like, science-minded. Um, he's an atheist. Um they've talked about this before and John is like very literature history like he's just very interested in how the world works and where things have come from and he's a little bit more spiritual and they've talked about this before um I I just I find that really interesting um but they do a lot of charity work there is 
lots of dollars. <laughs> I don't know why I said it but like that. Uh, they raise millions of dollars every single year to support impoverished communities, mental health charities. It's really great. Um, but yeah, another thing, we'll talk about Hank a little more. He dated to have cancer this year and I was like so devastated. A lot of us were, but I was like, okay, if this man dies, like, please no. Um, and he did not. He is in remission. I think that's the right term, right? Yeah, we're going to go with that. He's good. He's all good. Um, but he also like designed some socks or something while he was doing chemo and he calls them his cancer socks. Anyway, I think that's funny. And he sells them or he did. I don't know if that anyway. Okay, moving on. Um, so yeah, John Green, pretty cool person. Um, I would like to just take a moment to acknowledge some criticism that he has received because he has received a good amount of it and I've also gotten into arguments multiple times about like why John Green isn't good or whatever yes he is a white male okay that okay he's a white male a lot of the problem quote-unquote problem is that a lot of people feel that he does write from a female point of view in a few of his novels and a lot of people don't like that because you know woman written by a man um I feel very strongly the opposite of that I think even in Fault in Our Stars like he writes he he writes a female character in such a relatable way that it does not feel, to me, it does not feel misogynistic or like dream girl crafted by a man. Um, and in Turtles All the Way Down, which we'll talk about, he just gets it. Like he fucking nails it, you guys. I first read that book as a freshman in high school. I struggled with anxiety, OCD tendencies like my entire life. I was still unmedicated, so I was really, really struggling with it. And like, We'll get into it, but that book just like I have never felt more seen in my entire life than that book made me feel. Um, but yeah, a lot of people have issues with his writing. They say there's a huge lack of diversity, um, and there's like a pattern in his storytelling, which essentially is like nerdy, unattractive boy falls in love with dangerous, manic pixie dream girl, and it ends in disaster. Um, I mean, that definitely exists in multiple of his novels. There is that, like, young romance element of it. Um, and a lot of the female characters are very, like, the main the main male characters are just, like, mystified by these women, essentially. Um, but to me, that's every author. You know, like, every author is going to, there are a lot of authors that just keep writing the same book over and over again. And I don't think he does that at all because each story, you take something away from each one. And especially I'm going to talk about Turtles and Anthropocene and they like don't follow this formula at all. And re I really think have like just truly shown who he is as a writer and a human being. He's a very empathetic person. You can really tell. Um, yeah, they're all, like, very coming-of-age stories. I love them so much because they're just so raw. Like, they're so real. And he acknowledges humanity and life in just such a realistic and truthful way. And the thing I love about him is, like I said, like, a lot of his books are funny. Like, life is silly. Like, think about it. Life is weird. Life is unpredictable. Like, I think his comedic elements just make it so much more real. Like, it really does. And it makes it so much more relatable, which I love. Um, I just, I absolutely love him. Um, and in terms of the lack of diversity, I think there's definitely a lot of white protagonists. But they're not all white main characters um, in terms of, you know. I, I know, like, this is something people talk about all the time 
with um, literature in particular, like where's the diversity? I'm not saying we should only read John Green and take everything he says as like, okay, like we don't need, you know, we don't need to like just read his books and live our lives based on that. Obviously read from different authors of color, different characters, different backgrounds. That's so important. That's, that's how the world works. We need, we need that. We need these different lenses to be presented to us. Um, but I don't think that's a fair thing for people to like get mad at him for because he has a certain story that he knows how to tell. Also, like, what makes him qualified to write you see where I'm going with this? Like, what makes him qualified to write stories from the perspective of, uh, you know, I don't know. In terms of sexuality, too, like, he has a lot of not straight cisgender characters in his novels, which is wonderful. Like, it's there. Um, anyway, so I just wanted to address that because I have had the argument with a lot of people and I wrote about it in my paper. This is such a nerdy episode. Um... But yeah, and I know, like, I am 100% the demographic that he's writing for. I am his ideal, his target audience. Um, but that's fine, because I'm happy. I'm happy, all right? I fell into his trap, and I'm happy here. So, anyway, okay, now we're going to talk about my favorite books. Um, because, oh my god, oh my god. Okay, so when people ask me what my favorite book is, I will say Turtles All the Way Down by John Green. Um, I bought the book the day it first came out. I own multiple copies of it. I just, like, I annotated a copy for Lucy last Christmas or her birthday or something. She still hasn't read it. And anyway, I was really proud of that annotation. I have my own copy that I still really need to annotate. Um, because it's just so wonderful. And it's one of those that, like, I read it when it first came out. And I think I read it another time soon after that. But then I, like, couldn't quite remember if it was as like a couple years later I think last year I couldn't quite remember if it was as good as I remembered it being because you know like you grow and your tastes change and I'm telling everyone it's my favorite book so I was like all right I need to like I was so scared I was like what if I read it again and I don't like it or or whatever and I read it I think like three times in 2022 like I just I've definitely read it at least once this year but it's so good I stand by what I've said like I I just love it um essentially it's about this young girl named Aza she's in high school um I think this is gonna be a movie or a tv show soon as well tbd I'm pretty sure they wrapped we'll see um honestly I don't know if I want to watch it because I could like I could just picture this book so vividly in my head that like it's just like like it's it's all there I don't know how he does it but I see everything so clearly and like I think about the book and I see scenes in my head it's incredible I love it um his writing is just so good um but it's about this young girl named say there Aza or Aza I think we're gonna say Aza for now if that's wrong I'm so sorry John Green if you're listening which you're definitely not that's okay um Guys, if I got to interview John Green one day, oh, I would die. Okay. Um, okay. It's about this girl. Her name's Aza. That's what we're going with. She's in high school and she has severe OCD and anxiety. It controls her life. A lot of the book is about her feeling like she is not the center of her own story. She feels like she is not in control. She is not, like her life is not up to her and she feels really lost you know she's trying to figure out who she is um while fighting you know compulsive behaviors she's a she's very 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 germaphobe like terrified of c diff is the the um main thing she's scared of it's like an infection that you usually get in hospitals but it'll like kind of just end you very suddenly i forget exactly like anyway she's terrified of that Um, so yeah, it's just really about her struggles with, like, her mental health and her life, and her best friend's name is Daisy. Um, 
this story, like, as much as there is a little bit of a romance element to it, it really is just about Azza and Daisy, which I adore. I just, I think their friendship is so wonderful. And, like, even in the books, it has its highs and lows, and they get in fights and whatever. Uh, but Daisy is a writer of Star Wars fan fiction about Rey and Chewbacca. And it's really funny. All right? I know how ridiculous that sounds. It's really funny. Um... She's this complete nerd. They always go to Applebee's because they have they bought this like coupon book for burgers at Applebee's, so they're just always there. It's just it's so funny. But um she so Azza reconnects with a boy that I believe she went to camp or something with. His it's it's been a while, you guys. Um his name is Davis. Um his father is a billionaire and eventually um disappears he's a fugitive at this point and he disappears and no one knows where he is so I mean even in the blurb for this book it kind of says like the mystery of finding the billionaire Russell is there's a hundred thousand dollar reward at stake and her and Daisy are like they're investigating I don't know if that is the central plot of this book. I don't know if there is a central plot to this book, um, which sounds ridiculous, but it is truly just like, yes, it's a very big piece of it. And the investigation leads her to everything that happens, but it's not like a, a thriller, you know, it's not whatsoever. Um, but anyway, she reconnects with Davis. They have a little thing it's it's all about her just kind of discovering herself and fighting her her brain demons and and um you know a lot happens um it takes place in indiana which is where john green grew up and is from he loves it he praises indiana all the time most of his books are set there um but yeah i just absolutely love this book it's about friendship it's about fear it's about control and existence and the universe and what it means to be a human and it just it is so good they do solve the mystery but again it's not a thriller novel and like that is the driving point of the plot which I absolutely love I think like it's such a real story it's so normal you know like things happen but it it's just like ah it's it's so good it's so good um, and I want to read you guys some quotes from it just because it's just, it's so wonderful. I like will forever turn here when I need words, when I need like meaningful words, I always turn to John Green. Um, so let me, I am going to start with my favorite. That's so good. Um, let's see. Okay. This is my favorite quote, maybe of all time. It's so wonderful. We never really talked much or even looked at each other, but it didn't matter because we were looking at the same sky together, which is maybe even more intimate than eye contact anyway. I mean, anybody can look at you. It's quite rare to find someone who sees the same world you see. You guys, you guys. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. And I, there are so many people in my life who see the same world I see. And that's just like, you know, I read this for the first time when I was a kid, you know, like I didn't know anything. And now I was like an adult for the most part, sort of. It like, I get it. I get it. I just, oh, it's so good. Um, This one is crazy. If you can't pick what you do or think about, then maybe you aren't real. Maybe I'm just a lie that I'm whispering to myself. Shut up. Um... Let's see what else we got. You're both the fire and the water that extinguishes it. You're the narrator, the protagonist, and the sidekick. You're the storyteller and the story told. You are somebody something, but you are also your you. Powerful. At some point in life, the world's beauty becomes enough. You don't need to paint, photograph, or even remember it. It's just enough. It's so good, you guys. I is the hardest word to define. Real. To be alive is to be missing. I've spent a lot of the last few years feeling very lost. So that one, like, I'm alive. I'm just kind of, I'm figuring things out. You know, I like that one a lot. A lot. 
Um, let's see. You'd think solving mysteries would bring you closure, that closing the loop would comfort and quiet your mind, but it never does. The truth always disappoints. Um, okay, I also want to talk about the title just a little bit, Turtles All the Way Down. Um, as it talks about spirals a lot and the tightening of spirals, it stays a spiral, it just gets tighter. Um, this is something I talk about a lot in my own life. Um mental spirals are very real emotional spirals are really real and this is kind of the first book that made me like realize it I guess like it just it it really really resonated um and so a lot of the book has to do with spirals there's a lot of mention of them there's like Davis has a painting of a spiral that she just really connects with and I'm just going to look up the title because I don't want to completely butcher this. They do talk about it in the book, too. Um, but Turtles All the Way Down is an expression that refers to the concept of infinite regress. Um, or the idea that any explanation will always require a further explanation. So just like an infinite continuity, I guess. Um, some woman, someone said it. There are anecdotes. I don't know exactly what like the origin of the phrase is. But in the book they talk about a woman who talked about it. Um, yeah, that was a very great description. But I think I'm going to leave that book at that. It is my favorite book of all time. Please go read it. Because um, like I don't want to say too much and give things away. But it is just, it's really good. It's funny and it's real and I love it. Um, and I've already blabbed for 41 minutes, so 42, sorry. So we're gonna talk about Anthropocene and then we'll wrap it up, I think. Um, wow, that went by really fast. Okay, so Anthropocene Reviewed was released in 2020. It's John Green's only, like, published work of nonfiction, like, a full-length one. Um, and they're all little essays Essentially, what he does with this book is, sorry, I'm looking something up again. I should give a TED Talk. I'd be good at that. All right, so the definition of Anthropocene is the current geological age viewed as the period during which human activity has been the dominant influence on culture and the environment. So we are the Anthropocene. It's like the things that have shaped our culture and our environment um it's used in reference to the climate a lot as well um but each little essay is about something it could be anything and he reviews it he gives it uh out of five stars he gives it a review and all of these things he talks about are things that he thinks have contributed to the Anthropocene um and I am pulling I do have the book open also I just found this out this was a podcast first um we'll be checking that out John Green did a podcast about this um it's so good there's so many like just the thing oh it's so good you guys um But yeah, sorry, I'm like, I'm looking at it now. But some of the things he reviews, like, he'll review anything. Also, looking at this book is very difficult. Okay, he'll review anything. He reviews Scratch and Sniff stickers, Haley's Comet, Our Capacity for Wonder. Come on. Uh, Diet Dr. Pepper, that's a funny one. Um, the Hall of Presidents, a Disney World, Canada Geese, The Internet, uh, Penguins of Madagascar. Piggly Wiggly, CNN, um, All Thang Sign is my favorite one, and I'm going to read a little bit about that since New Year's is coming up, um, Super Mario Kart, Whispering, Sycamore Trees, Sunsets, it's, it's great, you guys, it's great, um, and he reviews literally everything, so 
on the title page there's a tiny tiny footnote at the bottom that says this page is known to publishers and bookbinders as the half title page because it lists the title but not the author name or subtitle the half title once served a real function in the printing and bookbinding process but these days it is mostly ornamental I've never been a huge fan of half title pages. By the time I arrived here as a reader, I already know the title of the book, and if I need to be reminded, it's perpetually available to me on the book's front cover. But then again, in an age of screen reading, I suppose every facet of bookmaking is anachronistic, and I do deeply love the feel of paper and the sight of print, so I'll give half title pages two and a half stars. <laughs> you guys, he's a genius. I just, I love this. Um, so yeah, everyone is just about life and it's just so like deep and I don't even know if he's like intending to be half the time um it's just wonderful so if you hear pages flipping I'm sorry I'm trying to find my favorite part um that I think about all the time and this is what I thought about after the shooting I just needed some hope I thought about this book okay so here we go so my favorite one is an excerpt, an essay he wrote about Auld Lang Syne, which if you don't know, is the New Year's song where it's like, may a old acquaintance be forgot. May old acquaintance be forgot. And Auld Lang Syne, something like that. Um, really good, I guess. <laughs> um, oh. The lyrics are literally on this page. That's okay. Anyway, he talks about the history of it. Um, And for Auld Lang Syne, basically the English phrase, it translates to for old time's sake. Um, So he spends a lot of this essay talking about um, the writer Amy Rosenthal. Rosenthal. Um, He did some interviews with her. Um, okay, anyway, she's important. Um, and then he goes back to, you know, talking about Auld Lang Syne when it was written. Um, they date all the way back to at least 400 years. Um, it's a Scotch phrase in a poem, and it turned into a song. Um, it's about drinking together, remembering old times. All the ideas in the song could have been written 500 or 1,000 or even 3,000 years ago. So it's very, like, it is really aged. Just, it's timeless. Um, which is very wonderful. But mostly the song is just an unapologetic celebration of the good old days. Yeah. Um, and then he goes on to tell us that Amy is dead. That woman he was talking about in the beginning. Um... So she's dead. He, obviously this was, she was a good friend. So there was a lot of grief there. He talks a lot about, you know, some more history of the song. He talks about her. Um, he talks about her memoir that she posted before she published before she died. Um, she had had cancer. She called him. Um, since Fault in Our Stars, she knew he knew a lot of young people who had deadly illnesses and she wanted to know if there was advice and he told her that love survives death which is true um she wanted to know that everyone would be okay um and then he writes they won't be okay of course but they will go on and the love you poured into them will go on that's what I should have said but what I actually said while crying was how can this be happening you do so much yoga he's a funny man um all right and then we go back to all the time okay this is the big part sorry that was a lot of build up to this but he talks about has a popular song during world war one um, and versions were sung in the trenches by British, French, German, Austrian soldiers. Um, a lot of moments in world history. Um, but the Christmas truce of 1914 is a big one. So on Christmas Eve, um, 100,000 British and German troops emerged from their trenches and met on the front lines. Um, just kind of connecting. And somehow they ended up singing Auld Lang Syne. And everyone knew it. 
Um, just uh, like think about it. Like they all just. I don't know. Ah, it was crazy. Um, some soldiers didn't want the truce. They like they didn't really know what they wanted to be singing about, and the British soldiers ended up changing the tune, or they sang the tune but changed the words to just go we're here because we're here because we're here because we're here okay that was really bad um basically we're here because we're here um and I just absolutely love that and so they go back he goes back to talking about working with Amy and one of the last lines she ever wrote being death may be knocking on my door but I'm not getting out of this glorious bath to answer it um in her public appearances, Amy would sometimes use that recursive lament of British soldiers and transform it without ever changing the tune or the words. She would ask an audience to sing that song with her, we're here because we're here, because we're here, because we're here. And although it's a profoundly nihilistic song written about the mo- modernist hell of repetition, singing the song with Amy, I could always see the hope in it. It became a statement that we are here, meaning that we are together and not alone. And it's also a statement that we are, that we exist. And it's a statement that we are here, that a series of astonishing unlikelihoods has made us possible and here possible. We might never know why we are here, but we can still proclaim and hope that we are here. I don't think such hope is foolish or idealistic or misguided. We live in hope that life will get better, and most importantly, that it will go on, that love will survive even though we will not, and because now and then, we are here because we're here, because we're here, because we're here. I give Auld Lang Syne five stars. <laughs> okay, I did end up reading like most of that. But that just, like, I have thought about that every day since I read it for the first time in 2020. Um, I read it around New Year's as well. I think I got the book for Christmas. Um, So around this time every year, I just think about it. Um, And that passage especially gives me a lot of hope. So definitely check that book out. It's it's a fun, it's a fun one. Um, But yeah, that's my little, my very long spiel on John Green. I think he's a really wonderful author. I love every single thing this man has written. Um, would die to talk to him one day. But it's just so great. Go read Turtles. Go read all of them, but read Turtles. I want to know what everyone thinks if you have read it or read any of his books. Um, but yeah, hopefully this wasn't too TED Talky. Hopefully someone enjoys it. Um I really have felt this is like my favorite thing to talk about um and I needed to fill an hour so here we are I did it um but yeah I hope this was okay thank you guys for listening um hopefully we'll have Lucy back soon um but yeah have a happy new year everyone and yeah happy 2024 see you then bye